All right, we're back. Hey, we are back. Uh, welcome to another amazing episode. I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be amazing. It's a little bit oh, of yeah. forethought. It should be amazing. Uh, but this is a twitching up stream. And let me get back to my notes real fast because I scrolled too far. But <laughs> twitching up stream is another show by some nobodies. And this says that my name is Zach. And that uh, this is my essay de un padre diferente, Dylan. Uh, that's Spanish no for yes, yeah, something. Uh, now, uh, no props for that one. <laughs> I got props I, last I, week. Whatever. That's, I don't. I don't need that now. Now it seems forced. Anyway, so okay. Twitching Upstream is a side project from Talking Upstream that comes out on Sundays uh, when we're doing that, which we are currently not. And that show, uh, we have special guests on, and we interview other creative people. Uh, we love that show, and we love meeting other people. But creative projects, they um what uh but creating projects li oh li live you know, <laughs> I, I always read that as the word live and i think that that's a problem with the english language yeah if, if i it could should just, be a why i don't understand why we need to have words that look the same that sound different like there's 26 letters dude mm -hmm. like if you do the math on that like it's infinite possibilities to make words right because it's yeah. not like 26 Something times like one plus 26 times two plus 20 isn't that like how you do those I mean, and you can you can string together any number of letters you want, so the possibilities are endless if you get really long words. See? And for yeah. some reason, we have two words that look identical that mean two mm -hmm. different things. But anyway, uh, <laughs> back to this. Uh, we like to create stuff live with the help of, uh, you know, anybody, really. Um, our, our friends, our crew, you guys. Um, but what we do here is uh, Dylan and I shoot a lot of weird ideas at each other all the time. Um, and we like to make sure that we develop things and, and let you know how we develop, uh, our ideas and we come up with weird characters and Dylan has cool, uh, script works and, uh, blah. So whatever. Uh, anyway, you know, honestly, I got to fix that script. That's, that's a fact. See, this is what happens when I write something. If I write something, it turns out like absolute garbage. If Dylan writes it, it sounds great. Luckily, I have an amazing voice, and Dylan's voice is absolute garbage, which is yeah. why we are friends, uh, because he realizes that I am a smooth talker. Yeah. <laughs> That's why most anyway. of my contributions are single syllable. That's, that's true. Yeah, and they're mostly grunts, which is good that they're single syllable because multi-syllable grunts are crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get going, uh, even before we get into our weird nerd news, Dylan, my friend, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Today's yeah. fine. Today is fine. It's fine. That's, that's true. And usually <laughs> yeah. when people say things are fine, they mean things are bad, but they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily I what I mean, but oh, okay, you know. no, yeah, I, that was a that was a generalization, not about okay. you specifically. Okay. Um, my lighting seems off. It feels like a, it's like a very dark in here for some reason. Eh. Whatever, moody. How are it you, is, Zach? I'm great. 
All right. Good. Oh, okay. I see the wink. But no, that was that wink is for uh, live audiences only. Oh, um, I take yeah. mine back then. Thank you. It's no longer live. That happened before. It, <laughs> oh, oh, that was a really good reverse wink. Oh, thank you. You've definitely done it before because that's too good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's cool. So uh, I, I do like to get into some nerd news. I do like to uh, run a lot of ideas past Dylan, who for the most part does not care about this stuff, but he really yeah. cares that I care. And that's what's important. Uh, so I'm going to talk to him as though he cares about this. And if you have any suggestions or any ideas or any comments on what we're talking about at any time, literally throw them in the comments, like just type away. It could just be nonsense and we'll still try to read it. Uh, it could be an emoji and Dylan will, uh, you know, dance it out improvisational style so that we all understand it, which I guess is a stupid way to understand what an emoji is. Uh, maybe he'll just describe it. That's fine. But yeah. Hey, and also while you're typing stuff in, feel free to, to, to tick all that subscribe button yeah. and that like button. Just go ahead and give it a little brush uh, with your finger. We would really appreciate that because we like attention and we like people thinking uh, that that we're funny or that we're cool or that we write stuff. Because we do write stuff. Yeah. Something, something. Um, okay, so to start us off, uh, first bit of nerd news. Uh, Boba Fett trailer dropped. Did you happen to see that? Dylan. I did watch it. I watched it on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I was I was trying that out. I wanted to see, uh, you know, obviously I'm always trying things to see how the copyright laws work, uh, how certain things are, are going, and I don't really know anything. So, nah. yeah, once it dropped, I decided to scoop it up and and post it and see, um, yeah, how that how that worked. And apparently, we're just allowed to do that, which is fine. Cool. So, right. uh, yeah, I might be putting more trailers on there so if you're interested in trailers let me know um but did you so you did watch it uh what yes. were your thoughts uh i mean i like my my favorite part of star wars is the crime stuff i yeah. like star wars when it deals with the criminals and how it is is to be in that kind of environment <clears throat> and it looks like it's about boba fett establishing a crime empire i'm into it yeah, I'm always a fan of non-lightsaber Star Wars like yes. stories for some reason because it does feel like I know that Star Wars is based on, you know, old samurai movies and westerns, but mm -hmm. it still feels like a western, but it's like the most modern day western you can do. Yeah. Um but I yeah, I'm really I'm really into um just that the the Star Wars universe is is so vast and are so, you know, detailed to the weirdest degree. Uh, that any story in there, I think it's just a cooler story to tell. Right. So uh, I'm a big fan of it. I, I like I like what they're doing. Um, I like that they're evolving a character that people think they like uh, that they don't really know, uh, which is cool. Doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Now, he, he does exist in Legends, obviously. Yes. There's a lot of stories about uh, Mr. Fett in the Legends. Um, the, the thing that struck out to me the most, obviously, was that very first image. And Star Wars always lets to see new droids and, and stuff like that. Did you, that spider with that little bucket, um, that the fluid underneath? Did you did you see that in the very beginning? Uh, I saw the little spider drone. I didn't pay much attention to what it was holding. Yeah. So I, if anybody knows me, I'm a Star Wars mega nerd, and I have a lot of comics. Uh, those spiders are actually pretty deep lore to Star Wars, and hmm. if you know things about the the, the comics. Those spiders are actually uh, brains of monks 
that are inside of there. Now, the monks grew so old that their bodies started deteriorating, so they put their brains inside of these weird spiders to keep their knowledge. And then the spiders actually get so old, even as droids, that they start losing their legs. So sometimes you'll see a spider with five legs, you're like, that's an old ass monk right there. Um, so it's pretty interesting that they're showing that because in the comics, uh, those things do live under Jabba's palace. So I'm really curious if that's going to be a part of it at all. Um, huh. because it's that's so cool, you know. And, and like I said, like you know, the universe of Star Wars is so so vast and detailed, and people only really know the movies and they're like, ah. Rise of Skywalker sucks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's still some really. It's like Dune. The same thing as Dune. It's like you know when you watch a movie, you're like, I know Dune. It's like no, you don't know Dune. You just know that movie. And if you actually like read the stories and see everything about it, you're like, wow, this thing is so fast. Even having a conversation with you made me love Dune more. So, um, what do you think about that idea of old monks with their brains that that they keep them alive, kind of inside these spiders? That's that's one of the weirder ideas I've heard from Star Wars, and I'm into it. Yeah. I, I, I hope that they use the advantage of this platform to really make some stuff that doesn't necessarily need to worry about making money. They just need to like, in some ways, in some ways, I hate that they please the fans by putting Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian <laughs> or, yeah. or, or make the rise of Skywalker just fan service. But in some ways, I like that they are bringing stuff from the old expanded universe back up. And it's some of the weird stuff. Like, that's yeah. weird compared to other stuff that's been in Star Wars, and I'm into it. But, but okay, so yeah, I, I I see what you're saying about the Luke Skywalker thing. But for the story aspect, if a Jedi of that timeline were to come out, sit on that stone, and do that thing, obviously Luke is going to see it, sure. uh, feel it, and whatever. So that that makes sense. But I understand what you're saying. Yes. And I, no, I, I and I agree. <laughs> I I agree completely. Uh, it is fan service, but to a degree, when you start losing fans you got to do something to get mm -hmm. those fans back. And I think that that's what the Mandalorian was, was it's a cool nod to fan service without being sure. in your face, which is what, you know, I think force awakens was and mm -hmm. uh, way more so with rise of Skywalker. Um, but all right, let's move on. So uh, I, I don't know how you feel about this. So I'm going to tread this ground lightly, uh, but uh, I'm a fan of looking at the toys that are coming out for current movies because toys do not care about film leaks. Yes. Uh, and the way toys work is they get uh, just a note of what the movie's about. They mm -hmm. make up the things they want to make up that roughly fit into that, you know, storyline. And then it comes out. Um, now when you who can forget at... Flash's motorcycle from Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now at some point he probably had some sort of vehicle and that's what they turned it into. Sure. Uh, but whatever. Um, that is a cool motorcycle, by the way. Um, yeah. Now, uh, Doctor Strange is one of the next Marvel movies to come out. And now recent toy leaks uh, have, have given a little bit of the villain away. Now, do you have any interest in seeing this, Dylan? Yeah. Before I just show it to you. Okay, so I sure. did upload it. Now, this is what I saw. So, okay. this is a puzzle, right? And it's a thousand-piece puzzle. Um now, if you see that, you would obviously assume that that is from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because it says so. Sure. And in it, you obviously see uh, a bad guy. Now, this struck me because I know that this is one of your favorite bad guys, I think. It's one of my... It, I'm glad to see something like it in Marvel. Yeah. Now, it's one I, of my I, favorite I, concepts for a villain. Yeah. Now, it would lead me to believe that the villain of Doctor Strange 2 would be... Shuma Gorth, 
mm-hmm. which uh you know and this is one of the coolest pictures of Shumagor like I find now um obviously this the, the the picture of the of the puzzle shows uh strange battling a giant squid like creature mm-hmm. with a giant center eyeball though previous reports indicate strange might be pitted against a sea monster called Jargantos. uh the <laughs> yeah, box right. are yeah no right um it looks exactly like Shumagorth, which is a distinctly cthulhu-esque great old uh original um it was originally created by Robert Howard in the 1920s. Now, Shumagorth, if you don't know the comic iteration of Shumagorth, it was later adopted in Marvel Comic Mythos as one of Doctor Strange's antagonists in 1972. It, uh, through the decades, uh, had battled with the Avengers, Fantastic Four, the Invaders, and even Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, video game fans might also recognize Shumagorth as a playable fighter from Marvel vs. Capcom series. Now, very cool bad guy. Yeah. Right. Very cool yes. bad guy. And so like galactic. <laughs> you know, like this is a weird space mm-hmm. uh anti-reality. Yeah. So uh how do you feel about them using this character? I'm into it. I uh when the tentacles showed up in what if, I was like, all right, cool. And then they showed up again in what if, and I'm going, Shumagorth is going to be the more you 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 break through reality and the things that live outside of reality are going to notice yeah like yeah uh yeah. so if they do cosmic horror stuff and they get sam raimi to do that sort of thing and they really let him be sam raimi with it mm-hmm. i'm gonna be really excited for it yeah and this movie seems pretty big especially coming from what we think is going to happen in the spider-man um yeah but yeah I, let's move on to some more nerd stuff now um Moonfall. Now you you sent me a, a quick little blurb of yeah. uh, of Moonfall and how they kind of gave a little bit away. Even so, there's a new trailer uh, that just popped up that shows that the moon it's is fake. Um, and I didn't see inter- the trailer, but I saw oh, the poster. Tra- I saw yeah, the poster re- and I saw the tagline. Yeah, and uh, go for it. keep going. You're good. No, it, I mean, I wasn't really. I didn't really have a place to go. I was kind of just gonna pick your brain about the idea of a fake moon um i love it yeah (laughs) it's one of those crazy out there wacky conspiracy theories that are still fun that haven't been ruined yeah and i really wish that they hadn't spoiled that particular potential aspect of the movie by leaving it like because if i was watching moonfall because i was going to watch moonfall based on what we had talked about where i'm Mm -hmm. like moon's going to crash the crash into earth cool i'm into it yeah and then suddenly in the movie if you learned that the moon was artificial i would have been so thrilled and now i go in kind of expecting that and i'm a little bummed that i'm not gonna have that like moment yeah i completely agree like the idea of the moon just falling to earth or being sucked down by gravity is a Mm -hmm. cool and interesting idea in itself and then you're like you're gonna give that away like which could be such a cool twist like what but then you start thinking about like how would you build the moon? You know what I mean? Like you obviously piece by gonna, piece, but you're not going to build it down here and then no. ship it up there. I imagine it's alien. There's probably aliens. Oh, involved. oh, so it's been there for a, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I didn't think about aliens for some reason. I was just automatically thinking like, yeah, we built this in like the 60s. The Expanse did it better. Not our moon. Otherwise, yeah. it's spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Possible spoilers if you pay attention to that. Um, yeah, but I'm still interested in that. Um, okay, so now we've recently seen casting calls that we're not a big fan of. 
one of which is uh, Chris Pratt as Mario, which is very interesting because I don't think he's Italian, nor do I even want to see him as that. Um, have you seen the recent, <laughs> the most recent casting for Mr. Pratt uh, and, and what he's got going on? I had, it came across my Twitter feed, actually, yes. Now, hmm. how ridiculous is this casting with Chris Pratt as Garfield, the depressed pasta eating cat? I don't, I mean, what? <laughs> like, yeah, all right, why sure. Are they, why, At are this they point, forcing, why are they forcing Chris Pratt on us? Uh, He's... He's got mass appeal because he's not he's he has no peaks and he has no dips. He's like you know, he's got mm. occasional bumps. Like Star Wars is fine. And he's got dips like uh uh Tomorrow uh, Tomorrow war. Tomorrow Future Fight. Tomorrow War. <laughs> tomorrow uh, World Future Fight. Fight, fight future Yesterday fight. World. Future Fight's better. Uh, we'll future do, Fight is better. I'll pitch that idea at some point. Yeah. Um but I, I because he's got mass appeal and he's big right now and he's I'm tired of him. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of him. He's got to go away. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. I this Garfield movie is going to be garbage, I imagine, because it's going to be animated in the same way as those new Imagine Animation DreamWorks movies. Like mm. um, the new Shrek they're making is going to be similar to like the Despicable Me style. Yeah, where everybody's slightly exaggerated and very puffy looking. Yeah, I imagine it's going to look like that, and it's not going to. I mean, Garfield is probably going to get lost and have to find his way home. But it's just weird when you think about the characterization of what Garfield is, which is a sleepy, downtrodden cat that really hates Mondays for no weird reason except for the fact that John's not there, I guess, mm -hmm. and he <laughs> likes lasagna. Um, yep. When you think about Chris Pratt, you think of like you know kind of slapsticky just bright poppy stupid humor you know and it's just yeah those two do not feel the same to me i think of <laughs> i my my i'm still captivated by that video that four-hour video you shared a few weeks ago yeah of the survey results and how at the end it had jim davis's uh little monologue about like you know i was just really on a good day i could put out 20 of them and that would be a month of work <laughs> and how i guess it makes sense to have someone like chris Platt, chris pratt also play the lowest common denominator co comic book character hmm. i guess comic book is not accurate but you know what i mean yeah yeah i guess that's fair um all right, so let's move on. Now, obviously, a couple days ago was Halloween, and uh, Dylan's costume was amazing as a forest-dwelling yeah. uh, necro-witch. Hermit, Hermit wizard. Uh, no, he actually looked really cool, which is great. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, did you happen to see any celebrity? You know, one of my favorite things is celebrity costumes because sure. they have infinite money. Mm -hmm. They know people in Hollywood. They can do stuff. Now, do you, did you happen to have any favorite uh, celebrity costumes? I haven't seen any, though. I know that, um, oh, what's her name? Heidi Klum always puts mm -hmm. on a massive Halloween party, and that's where a lot of this gossip comes from. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, one of the hosts, 
Marcus Parks from last podcast on the left was Spider Man, and that's the only oh. one I. That's the only one I saw. Cool. Here's a couple that I found uh, pretty interesting. Sure. Uh, you have uh, <laughs> to the left. You have that rapper Lizzo. Oh uh, yeah, I did see the Lizzo is, one. Yeah, who is obviously uh, Grogu. In the mm-hmm. middle, you have Harry Styles who dressed up as Dorothy, which is great. And sure. for the record, I did it roughly ten years ago. So <laughs> how dare he? You and then you have on that. That's true. You have a uh, Kylie Jenner as uh, that one weird oh, yeah. woman from the Martian. Uh, or, Mars Martian, Attacks. Uh, from Mars Attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One that was really cool that I think you should look up. I, I didn't want to like bog this down with a bunch of stuff, but um, if you look up Megan the Stallion, uh, her costume as Pinhead is phenomenal. Um, so yeah. So I, I always dig uh, celebrity costumes. If you have a cool costume, uh, put it in the comments. Let me know what you dressed up as. Yeah. Uh, I uh, dressed up as my favorite podcaster, which was uh, Michael Colby. So <laughs> I, I turned off all my lights and put the camera in a weird spot and uh, did nothing different. But um, all right, so let's get, <laughs> let's get on to what we do here. Now, uh, like I said, this show, we take an idea that we've already had and then we break it down and, and, and try to turn it into something that can be producible or publishable or whatever. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been working on a project. Now, I'm going to let Dylan uh, speak on that project and get us caught up to where we are right now. And then we'll, you know, take on the rest of the show with this idea of stuff. Yeah, so you know the drill at this point, everybody. I'm going to share a Google Doc onto the screen right now, and if you're listening at a future date in an audible format, bummer, you should catch the live stream so you can watch this like on your screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we normally do here is we take an idea from Talking Upstream and we further develop it. The one we're doing right now is Sleeper Agent. It was originally on episode 35 with author Drayton Allen. Great interview. And we wound up <laughs> with an idea set in the future. People... Uh, sign up for a gig job where they become automated couriers while they sleep. So in order to work more, they put on like a helmet and special outfit and they go out and deliver packages in the mega city, which is similar to mega city one from judge dread or any of the habitats from uh fifth element. So kind of a gonzo future, uh, hyper corporate, you know, cyberpunk stuff in the 2070s. Uh, our original idea had some gangland stuff in there, which is, uh, which we brought back in, but pretty much what we have recently, um, we have a main character talking to a friend because he's trying to build up or they're trying to build up their social credit once more. They're too tired to focus on getting a new job and is trapped until they pay off some debt they've incurred. They do deliveries for this gig service, which is, uh, operated by Sahara industries. Uh, they take on an important package and take it to a destination. They have trouble delivering it because he gets messed with by some street ruffians, as you do. Uh, mm-hmm. They've probably got spiky mohawks and uh, spiky leather shoulder pads and <laughs> look like a Biff's gang or Griff's gang from Back to the Future, too. Yeah. Uh, they have weird get... metal on, on parts of their body. Yeah, they got they have like a torso gauge or something like that. Just a big <laughs> hole in their chest. <laughs> torso I don't know. gauge. Torso gauge. Uh, that's a name of a, that's a speed metal band I'm working on actually. <laughs> um, but he gets attacked or he gets messed with and it messes up all of his gear. So he has to leave because he's afraid for his life. Goes back to his apartment. Uh, he leaves the package there cause he couldn't deliver it. Goes back and grabs his equipment. He goes to try and redeliver the package. Sees that it has been marked as uh, he marked it as delivered, but it wasn't, or it wasn't received or something like that. Um, and he's got a very, very large be- uh, missed delivery charge, which he needs to clear up. Mm-hmm. 
he's going to go drop it back off at the uh, Sahara Oasis, which is kind of like the hub that everybody delivers to and from. Uh, but decides if he if he returns it, he's going to get charged this amount of money from future paychecks. So he decides he's just going to try and re-deliver it because even if it's delayed, the charge will be removed from his account. He contemplates opening it, doesn't uh, decides not to because the delivery charge is so high. He's like, all right, this is for someone who's important. And in some way, whether from the news or something, he recognizes the name as a figure large in the criminal underground. Someone he knows, someone society has decided is a criminal for some reason. Uh, he goes to the address, which uh, he was originally supposed to deliver to. It's just like a pod apartment, a studio. Nobody's home. Uh, but he notices that it's clearly kind of like a drop house, like a dead house um, with stuff in there that belongs to what seems to be another courier. While outside, he runs into an agent who seems to be hacked and not, uh, knocks his helmet off. <laughs> when he hands the helmet back, he catches sight of the serial number inside the helmet, lets the guy leave. He uh, calls up his buddy from earlier, tries to find out uh, what that route is based on the serial number. Turns out they go off grid at the same block for two hours every third day of the week or something. There's a pattern that this person is clearly following to get up to their illicit activities. Main character goes to that city block. They encounter townies and notice that the hacked agent with like a <clears throat> need service or out of service display on the digital headpiece, which doesn't actually technically exist, is walking around so that he knows that, you know, this person is probably the one he's looking for. Sees the uh, hacked agent hand off with the criminal courier, follows them to the headquarters, and then fake sleep delivers his way into the headquarters with his own kind of like weird gear. He bumps into that criminal courier in like a service corridor or a break room or something uh, and sees the package. He tries to deliver the package because that's the entire basis of his motivation right now. We get a scuffle where he's like, sign this. Give me the package. Sign it first. Give me the package first. Goes back and forth. They fight. Main character ends up knocking him out and does like the KO hand scan to confirm that it was delivered. But that's not the signature it needs. Turns out the authorized recipient is the main guy up top. Uh, he winds up kind of sneaking his way in, gets the delivery. <clears throat> he manages to deliver it, and it looks like it's a teddy bear because the crime boss has a sick kid. Crime boss is like, "All right, fine. I marked it as as I marked it there. It's tied to your ID. Everybody will know you're the one who delivered it. Don't worry about the charge. Your account is registered as having delivered this package directly to me in my headquarters. Explicitly, you." Main character's like, cool, that's all I wanted. He leaves. As he's leaving, the penthouse apartment upstairs explodes horrifically because there was a bomb inside the teddy bear. Yeah. yeah. And that's I where we left off. Yeah, so we got to have a scene where we, we show the, the sick child coming into the room to get the teddy bear. And then the way that our, our courier has to leave, um, the boss is going to like follow him to the door. And then, because we, we got to kind of, A, we got to show the kid is around. And then B, we have to show that there's a possibility that the head boss is going to get away. So, so I, I what if we don't and we think that they're coming after the main character because the crime boss died. And then oh. later on, the, the reveal is that the crime boss walks out and it's like, what, didn't you die in the explosion? He goes, that teddy bear was for my kid. I gave it to him. Yeah. That's and then the cool. re that's the reveal. <laughs> yeah. 
like it's implied that it's for the kid through conversation. Yeah, but he's um, like, but the but the 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 main crime boss he got caught in the blast, so he's really deformed. Yeah, like real, just mangled. But yeah, yeah. so everyone everyone still thinks that it was the sleeper agent that was just trying to take mm-hmm. out the crime boss for some reason. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um. Okay. So now this is this is the first act, right? This is this is the inciting incident. This yeah. is the first half hour of a 90-minute movie. <laughs> cool. So okay. <laughs> so now what has to happen is obviously our agent is leaving the building when the explosion goes off. Yes. Um, and they don't care. Like our our, our agent, our, our sleep <laughs> agent doesn't really care. They got their signature. They they should be off of uh, the hook for the financials of this. So they just go back home. And they're still being charged for the um, the gear, right? Because they messed up their gear. So the main character will have to get their gear cleaned. Yes. Yeah. So so they're at home fixing their own gear. Um, but you know, fine that they're not being charged for that thing anymore. Yeah. And that's when um, I'm assuming now there has to be a little bit of time that passes somehow, but I think that's when our first assassin shows up and we don't know why that assassin's there. Someone just breaks into their house, uh, into sleep agent's house. And I guess that the audience and also sleep agent is just going to assume that it's just a regular break-in because they don't live in a great place. Do we want them to be present at the break-in or do we want them to get home, be like, I have to get my gear cleaned, go out to get their gear cleaned while they're out. They're like, I'm going to get myself a coffee or something to treat myself. Their gear is cleaned. They go home and their home has been broken into. And they just think it's a string of bad luck. Yeah, that, that's fine. I like that. Cool. Uh, they go to get their gear clean, grab a treat. And when they get home, they see their place has been ransacked. Do they leave? Do they leave a bomb like there as retaliation? No. Okay. I guess not ransacked then. Tampered with. I, I, I'm trying to think like, or or does he come home and someone's waiting for him? It, I, so that <clears throat> I'm okay with it being ransacked too, because you would think if the main goal is just to kill this person and mm-hmm. they're not home, you don't know if they're going to come back or whatever, but you're going to look for any evidence of where to find them. So I, I'm okay with that. And then okay. that person leaves. And then there's, you know, I think shortly after sleep raging gets home with the ideas that somebody broke into my house. This place sucks. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, my life is getting really, really bad. And then somebody else, that's when like the second assassin shows up and, um, you know, I guess it, <clears throat> at first he thinks that it's the person who just broke into his house and, or it's just like another break in or something. It could, I mean, it could be the same person waiting for them outside. Like they wait for yeah. him. They wait for the main character to come home. And then they're like, Okay, now's my chance. So he okay, comes what, in. What do you think about this scene? Okay, uh, I, I like the idea of a person waiting there. Um, now, so <laughs> sleeper agent comes home, sees that uh, the door is slightly ajar, or that the lock is broken off, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes inside and sees that his place is a mess, right? And turns the mm-hmm. light on, and it's like, oh my god, this place. Oh, I guess somebody was in here, 
and is really just starting to like let that all sink in, sits down for a second, and then he hears somebody in another room. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess what I'm getting to is I have this scene of, you know in movies when the person gets home and someone's sitting in their chair? And, yes. You know, so, so imagine that scene, but the person who's waiting is in a room of the house that this person just does not go into yet. So they're just trying to coax them into that room for the reveal. So it's like, <clears throat> a little closet. Like, yeah. Or like just his bedroom or something. And he yeah. just hasn't gone back there yet. And do we want, like... I imagined it being kind of like a studio apartment where you have everything kind of connected. So it's either the bathroom or the closet. Would that work? Uh, I, what? Okay. What's up? Not, not exactly for the scene that I was thinking about. Um, okay. Because I don't like the bathroom scene at all. It's too okay. just pulp, uh, pulp fiction-y. You know, anybody in the bathroom oh, now is, yeah, is no, just you're pulp right. fiction to me. Um, and I don't know why he'd be hiding in a closet waiting for this person to open the closet. So I, it doesn't work It doesn't work for, for that idea. But he could be waiting in the closet. Just I think it's my setting assumption that he is po so poor that he has to live in like a studio pod. Yeah. So his apartment is effectively like small sitting room, kitchen, bed bedroom in the back. And mm. then a separate room that is a bathroom, and then another separate room that's a small closet. All right. Well, then let. All right. Let's keep that right. Okay. But let's just say that maybe he comes in through like the fire escape into his bedroom because he doesn't want to deal with like the weirdos that are in the hallway or something. And okay, the, he regularly and, enters through the. Yeah, he just goes okay. in through the back. Like he takes yeah. like the fire exit. It's just faster and easier for him. And then that way, like he goes in the bedroom, sees that his bedroom is like ransacked, and just sits on the bed. You know, instead of like checking on the rest of the house. And then, you know, then you hear like. <clears throat> he's like hiding. He's like crouched be behind the kitchen counter or something. <laughs> just he's just like sitting in a chair in the living room oh. facing the door. Uh, but he doesn't come in the front door, you know, which is where the assassin thought he was going to be. So when uh, our, our our agent comes in from the bedroom, <laughs> he just sees this guy sitting sees in the, the dark. the back of someone's head over the yeah. top of the chair watching the front door. Yeah, just look at the front door. Okay, and maybe, cool. maybe the guy's like practicing what he's going to say. And he's like, didn't expect me. Man, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, paybacks are a bit no i guess you don't really pay i'm not paying you back it doesn't make sense yeah and the guy's like and the assassin's like practicing uh his you know whatever yeah no i like that i like that a lot <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that our sleeper agent would need to kill this assassin because there needs to be evidence for the next assassin that now this person might be dangerous right and, and yes. it needs to be not because our sleeper agent is good at fighting but just because he happened to catch the guy off guard right yeah how does he how does he kill him or he knock him out i think if he knocks him out well so one thing that i dislike in movies and i notice this in things such as for some reason the example that's coming to mind is guns akimbo Okay, okay. Where you start off with a character who has never done anything violent before, and by the end of the movie, they are very practiced, and it's always like, the last scene of the movie is always, now it's my job to hunt them down. And it's like, when did you get so competent? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. a huge fan of that, but... No, I, I don't like that. But, I think we have a shortcut here, where most of the violence happens while the main character has their hacked helmet on. And their delivery subroutine has been replaced by a combat subroutine. Hmm. 
because how of, do how do we get there? I'm not entirely sure. Because that would but, that would that would mean that either he knows a hacker, he uses the IT guy from the police station, or he is an amazing hacker. Well, if right. if um the delivery of the bomb teddy bear was hacked into his program, it could be the same person using him as a tool to bring down this criminal organization. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's because, like because somebody there, there is a there is an anti mob going on like there, there is yes. a person who sent this bomb okay cool maybe we should flesh out that that thing first sure um, so he does meet with we do have the main character meeting with a friend at the very start it's their friend who he has a sahara contact yeah he has a contact in sahara who gives him information we yeah could fold them into the same person and make the reveal like at this point in the move in the thing so that way we don't pretend like it's supposed to be a huge reveal you know what i mean Okay, so so let me see if I get this straight. Um, so the person who works in Sahara that is his IT friend that gives him information is maybe like a superhero undercover, and he realizes that somebody is using the sleeper agents to deliver drugs and in whatever. So then he programs other sleeper agents to fight them. That's not a so that's not bad. I don't think it's that wide scale, but I like the idea of his contact having taken the time to go through the hiring and orientation and training process at Sahara specifically so that he they could get like the right person at the right time with the right subroutine to subvert the programming and be like, this is or, how I get some sort of payoff. Or it was somebody who worked for the mob to do this. And then is turning against the mob and doesn't want fingerprints and makes other sleeper agents do stuff so that they seem like they're going, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, which one, which one do you like better? Do you like it being someone who works for the mob and maybe like fake their death under a new identity, like the, the mob's old tech, like their old techie who faked his death and then reinvented a, an identity to get back at them mm. via Sahara. Or do you like it being, just someone who was hurt by the mob previously. I think I like that one. Um, just someone who was hurt by the mob previously. Yeah, because I think if we allude to the mob having somebody inside, then <laughs> it, it might be a little bit too obvious. So, okay, if we don't know, and you know, like the IT guy, the IT person is um, very willing to give up the information to sleeper agent, mm -hmm. and yeah, then later on we find out, like, yeah, look, when I found out that you know you were something something with the mob i uploaded you with a bunch of weird programs to see if i could help you out because it turns out the mob they blew up the the old people's home that my grandmother was living in um and i'll never see them again what if it was like what if the main character doesn't have any like actual planned out contact with the mob but it's just like i took those jobs because they paid well and there was so little like in, I, I took those jobs because they never required that I provide feedback or review. They always rated me five stars and they paid well. It's like, yeah, those are all mob jobs. What do you mean you <laughs> took them randomly? It's like, I took them because they paid well and they never asked any questions. Yeah, perfect. Love that. Yeah, okay. And then um, I like the idea uh, accidentally through well-paying... 
yeah so we can have jobs yeah and we can even have uh at some point um we could even have one of the the assassins like mention like that there's been subtle like uh, attempts at the boss's life over the last like month or so mm-hmm. to just say that the IT person has maybe tried this idea before yes and we can have we can have some like sort you, of expository yeah, it's like you've attempted, you you know, you've had three different attempts on his life and you finally got through. It's like, no, this is the first time I've even been to that building. What are you talking about? And we can have some sort of expositorial line about, um, you know, being a, being a courier is dangerous. Like people disappear, like, you know, mm. and we think it's referring to that initial like incident where he's mugged. Yeah. But it's referring to the fact that the mob is kind of like selectively trying to find the sleeper agents that are working against them. Yeah, the mob is hacking people, which is messing them up. And then also, now that this IT person is subtly hacking people, that's why these people are are, are missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the audience thinks it's just because it's a dangerous job at a dangerous part of town. But yeah. that's why it pays a lot because sometimes you just go missing. And, yeah, and oh, um, it would be really interesting to think that the company. Uh, would take out a life insurance on each of these people just in case something does happen to them and they would get money. Sahara takes out a life insurance policy on all their couriers. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah, I like it. And then that's why some people think like, oh, Sahara just randomly kills people uh, for, for the for the benefits. Um, and they, they're not, but they know that people hack it, so they don't care. It affects public opinion um, regarding like courier jobs. Yeah. Um, and then I like the idea that I think it, I think the Sahara contact, the IT person who's getting revenge through the sleeper agents, mm-hmm. I think their loss should have been like, I don't think it was an intentional targeting of this person's loved ones. I think that their loved one was caught in the crossfire. Yeah. And so you've got yeah, the moral, 100%. you've got the moral issue of like, yeah, yeah, your loved one died in a crossfire. It doesn't mean you have to go after their kids specifically. That's a different sort of, like they're evil, but that's a different sort of evil. And then you have your moral, yeah. you have your moral footing to stand on. So like, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, and then I guess maybe accidentally the, the the mob killed the IT person's child. You know, and it's like, look, eye for eye. That's it. Yeah, uh, child was caught in a cross i mean it, you know it doesn't excuse it but it's definitely like you know intent versus accidental yeah uh child was caught in a crossfire between crime bosses mob and other mob yeah initiated by crime boss right um and yeah and the it person eventually is like look i just wanted the the per- i just wanted the boss to know what it felt like to to lose an cool. actual person yeah okay so I think we. I think that's a good basis to get some more footing on. Uh, back to the story, or do we want to flesh this out a little bit more? No, I think that's cool. I mean, cool. I just I wanted to know who was sending the bomb. You know, just so okay for story purposes. Yeah. Okay, so now we're back up to uh, main character goes back to their apartment and they go in through the window. And because the assassin thinks that you know any logical person would enter through the front door, they're sitting. <laughs> the assassin is sitting in like a chair facing the door, practicing their one liner. Yeah, I think that's cool. so funny. Okay. Um and like Mink, you know, uh sleeper agent just grabs like a guitar stand or just something that's close and just hits him. Yeah. Uh doesn't kill him. I think we yeah. get we get a fight. 
I don't even know about a fight. I just think that like, so he sees that he sees the the assassin facing the door, yes. uh, sitting in the dark with like a gun just aimed, and for those reasons, he just hits him, knocks him out. We'll figure out what happens later. Okay, because I I think that we we need we need main character to to think someone's after them. We need another assassin to think that they're dealing with somebody you know, high level because when mm-hmm. the next assassin comes in, first assassin's just there knocked out, you know? And then I guess when they wake up, they're like, I didn't even see them coming. I don't know what happened. <laughs> what if, <laughs> what if we did one, what if we did a thing where he, the main character KOZ like knocks him out, ties him to a chair, assassin wakes up and main character's trying to do the cool interrogation scene. And it's just like, why are you after me? And they do a little interrogation. And because main character is completely outmatched, the assassin is like either sawing through its bond, their bonds behind their back, or somehow otherwise like about to get the drop on the main character. And then some sort of fight ensues in which the assassin has to escape, and that's why the assassin thinks that this guy has skills instead okay. of just being knocked out and left somewhere. <clears throat> well, I think that. I think that we need to see assassins coming fast okay. uh, because this is a crime boss is child that just got right. destroyed. Uh, so you would think that multiple assassins would be there pretty quickly. I think an easy way to, to show uh, to make other assassins think that this is, you know, someone of, of worth is to have them just show up, you know, and okay. see like maybe the number one assassin just knocked out. What? What if um what if he not what if the main character knocks out the assassin and then take drags them downstairs outside and downstairs and puts them in like an auto cab and is just like take take him take him to the subway station. I don't care where. Here, take just take him somewhere. And so it's like I didn't even see him coming. And then next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in Central Station. This guy means business. Yeah, or or maybe he sends them back to <laughs> <laughs> to the crime bosses because like maybe the last uh the last address he has logged into the digital uh, device that he orders the lift is the crime boss's oh, like, sure. house so he just drops off this knocked out assassin just almost inadvertently to the crime boss's house and they're like whoa this guy's pretty yeah. serious um yeah i like that yeah so didn't, right, even, so didn't even kill me. What kind of what kind of mad what kind of what kind of monster doesn't do that or something could, like that? Yeah, yeah. He had to drop me and everything. Could have taken me out. Didn't. I I got to reevaluate my life. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now. Okay. So what do you think should happen in the second act of this story? Because I, um, I think I think we need general the generalities done before we start with individual scenes yes. I know that we need to have a bunch of assassins show up in a certain way but we also need to know where we're getting to right and i think um, one thing that, i think one thing that we do that makes the stories so uh good is that we kind of understand the ending so it doesn't seem like you know a lot of our stories are just kind of like wandering it's like we know what we're trying to get to and i think that's an interesting you know story uh writing device is kind of know roughly what you want to finish with so that you know the coolest way to get there. Right. Um, from last week, we had the idea that the crime boss somehow puts main character on airplane mode in a highly digital society. I don't know if we want to necessarily... We can go with that at a certain point. Maybe he has... 
uh, crime boss has contacts in Sahara. Mm-hmm. And for a brief moment, the main character finds themselves cut off from every resource they have. And then eventually gets in oh, contact yeah. with their hacker friend who restores it. Cool. I'm okay with that. And then um, well, I like the I, idea. I, that, I feel like that should be at the end of act two or the beginning of act three. Cause I think for a little bit, we got to think that the crime boss is dead mm-hmm. and we have to have the fight scene. So I think that maybe the end of act two is, is uh, a sleeper agent um trying to leave town finding out that his assets are frozen um and when they contact the it person for for just help because it's really their only friend they're like well you know when i trace the hack back to the ip address i back traced uh, it i don't know how that works but is there any is there any way that you think logically the IT person would know that it was the crime boss who did it? They've been they've been monitoring all of the traffic, just all the they've been monitoring all the networks. It's like, yeah, he doesn't really bother to hide himself because he's got the ju- oh, uh, something about the hacker per- hacker man or hacker person being like, I've been monitoring all of the signals coming in and out of that helmet. Yeah. Okay. That that that's. Uh yeah, I guess that's fine. Uh and then so then our, our main character's like, no, that guy's dead. And uh hacker or IT person's like, obviously not. I mean, they're still like they currently logged on, you know, like seven minutes ago. Does does IT person know that their plan worked? That they successfully killed the crime boss's kid? Um, I think that. Maybe they monitor chatter and they're like, because that's the goal, right? That is IT person's goal. Yes. So when does IT person find out that they're successful? Uh, I I guess right away. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they would know, you know, I think at the end of act one, IT person should reach out and be like, and reveal it. And you don't think so? No, I think that's a really cool reveal. Okay. I think that's a cool reveal until the end. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the reveal um, of the crime boss not being the main target is a good idea. Um, yeah, yeah so, and I think so it makes I, sense I, for IT person to keep it hidden from their tool. Yeah, and the person's like, no, they, they, you know, uh, Sleep Raider's like, no, they, they blew up. I was in that building. And IT person's like, nope, it seems like just the child was, you know, the only fatality. I don't think uh, even, I don't think they even do that. I, I, I think the reveal I, comes from the crime boss. I don't know. I think that might be pretty interesting for a sleeper agent who thinks they destroyed the crime boss and then they find out that they're inadvertently the reason that a child died. You know, that that might what what do you think about that? Like having no, to deal I, with that for a little bit. I agree. But I I think the reveal should be like they get he get the main character gets kid like captured, finally captured and like tied down and you think that the second in command who took over is going to come through that door. And then it's the crime boss with like burn scars all over. And it's like, wait a minute, you survived the bomb. And it's like, Mm. I did your target. Didn't it's like, what do you mean? It's like, I know who you were after this entire time. I know who you're working for. Uh, kid didn't do anything. Kid wasn't involved at all or something along those lines. And then you have the crime boss thinking that he is speaking to, someone who's aware of what's going on despite the fact that he was not. Yeah. So, okay. So what you think is that there should not be 
information communication between IT person and sleeper agent? I think at some point IT person should reveal that they're the one who has been hacking all of main character stuff and is the one who like on airplane moded them and has been kind of like the Oracle character separate. I think at some point it should, at some point the main character needs to put on the helmet and get fighting skills. Okay. Because the helmet like links into his neural, his, his nervous system or something. And <clears throat> now do like, you think that, okay. So do you think that also the assassins that come after uh sleeper agent, they should not like, they should not be trying to kill him. Right, because the crime boss wants him alive to find out why he did this. So that's why maybe our main character is getting away from a lot of the fights is because the assassins aren't really trying to kill him. They're trying to just capture him. Trying to kidnap him. Yeah. Um, and I think what should happen is I'm seeing a scene at some point where someone is communicating with the main character through the helmet, whether on the digital display screen where it's just like yeah, good delivery. And it's like, that's not a standard message put me on and he's like no i'm not gonna do what you told me to yeah and then cool. he gets pursued by people and eventually the screen helmet just like you know they're closing in it's getting it's getting close and the screen starts flashing like a danger triangle and it just says, put me on put me on put me on put me on he's like fine and he puts it on and it's like grant me access yes and it's like thank you and then you do the fight scene with the helmet directing the motions yeah, uh, I'm I'm cool with almost all of that. I I okay. don't know if I like the full body takeover thing. Okay, I think that that's been done a couple times, and like you mentioned last week, an upgrade. Yeah, uh, I think that was done a little bit better than what we can do right now. So sure. instead of maybe maybe the uh, our, our sleeper just like, look, you're not you're not going to control my body anymore. I I don't like that, and. It's like, you're not going to put me to sleep. I don't care. And, the, you know, the uh, IT person's like, uh, well, there's, I can't help you. Like, I can only really give you information. He's like, fine. Then just give me the information on how to fight, you know? And then maybe sleeper agent, like, puts it on, I don't know. What What do you think is is better? It, it, is, is the body takeover to a fight? Is that cool? I, that's, I, that is a lot like upgrade. You're right. Um, I, if if we want him to be clever, then it could just be just delivering messages through the helmet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or it's just that's... like yeah, highlights escape routes and. It's yeah, like, I think that's cool. Careful, um, there's a there's an individual armed with a level three contraband weapon moving towards the market towards your position. You need to take a different route. And so it it's like, how does he know our every move before we make it? Okay, so maybe the mob is sending <laughs> hacked sleeper agents in there, and oh, that's yes. how that's how the IT person knows what's going on because he's like, I can see all of these you know uh, these machines coming, these GPS is coming towards your your location. Yeah. And then there's maybe like a, a, a scuffle between like a verbal scuffle between um IT person and you know sleeper agent where IT person's like, look, if you let me just take over your body, I can get you out of this. Like I can upload all these programs. And they're like, No, I'm not doing that. Uh also, like I've taken enough stay awake medicine that I won't fall asleep for a while. So mm -hmm. I can't, even if I wanted to. And it's like fine, but you just gotta listen to me or something like that. I, I think that's yeah, I think that's cool. And then him like maybe having the device like half on <laughs> to yeah. like see what the IT person is writing and yeah. also see what's happening in real life. I think that's cool. Trying to blend in, but it's still got oh no, it would it would have gotten cleaned by now. Yeah. Yeah, cool. 
So we got Act 2 kind of mapped out. And I think we're probably good for today. Well, where do you want to finish with Act 2? Is it just him him being captured, right? Because Act 3... I think if, if he's captured in Act 2, Act 3 is the reveal that the boss is, is still alive, the reveal mm-hmm. that the IT person was the reason it all happened, uh, the reveal that the child was dead. I think that's a good way to end, right? Yes. Um, yeah, it's when he needs to be, the main character needs to be at their at their lowest point. So captured. Um, and then reveal. And she gets of, of captured, the, of, crime of the child boss reveal, death. IT child targeting reveal uh, oh okay they... so for the crime boss reveal right we mm-hmm. have him who's defigured crime boss is defigured no limbs whatsoever being carried by a sleeper agent attacked <laughs> yeah sure yeah you don't like that I no i do that. it reminds me a little bit of um arrested development yeah throw okay. me dragon yeah to the no, nuts. It's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> All right. So at the end of Act Two, we're going to finish up. Uh, well, we're going to finish this part uh, next week, but we're going to finish up Act Two with a uh, uh, sleeper agent being captured, the reveal of the crime boss, the reveal that the crime boss's child was murdered, um, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then all of Act Three is going to be uh, more information, and then break out, and then somehow sleeper somehow agent gets away with a little bit of money. Uh, yeah. I assume. Okay, cool. So I think that's a, yeah. obviously that's a, a really significant place to stop. So yeah. that's it. Um, so once again, and always, if I don't say it, I hope you know it. We appreciate you and we uh, we love uh, any attention and we most likely love you. If if not, we definitely like you probably uh, yeah. unless you know feel better then we probably don't like you. But we still appreciate you listening and or watching. Um but listen, if you're listening to this, some other things that you're going to really appreciate, Scott Curtis with his show Behind the Bits, uh, he's slowly getting back into the podcast game. So you can always check him out. Awesome dude. Very, very funny fellow. And he looks really good in glasses. So do that. Uh, East Coast friends, we have uh, Tanya Shrek and Sarah Takashik. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate you. Uh, they are some friends that have been behind us since the beginning. And we love that. Um, who, who else do you want to, yeah, honestly, check out Jack Billings Presents. They got some yeah. weird stuff coming out. Their Haunted Mansion thing is going on. Uh, Dylan's got some characters coming out soon that he's really uh, embarrassingly yeah. excited to play. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you can hear my voice on there. You can always see us on The Real Boys. Uh, you can always see at least one of us on The Real Boys. Yeah, one of us will be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's every Monday and then every other Friday for special events. Um, season one of that's wrapping up pretty soon. So I'm really yeah. curious how season two is End of going the year. to is going to change. Um, I, I did the math, and if we keep on the same trajectory, we will finish season one with 69 episodes. Nice. And to that, I say, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, so this, uh, some nobodies, just type that into stuff and you know, find all the goodness that we got going on, uh, all the beautiful writing that Dylan does, such as um, you know, the one that's like down over here, uh, CYOP, oh. which is create your own pod venture uh, beautiful beautiful show that dylan wrote 17 weirdly cool episodes and uh structured in a way that only you can figure out so please yeah. go check that out um but until next week folks i don't know if dylan's got anything to say you got anything to say dylan uh follow me at vorpal words i'm posting national novel writing month updates for things i'm on track day one of one i'm on track soon day we do day two of two killing how many words you got so far uh right now it's like 2600 out of 3300 so Boom. it's coming think, 
think about Sword that. And sorcery. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right, folks. Uh, I have been Zach. He has been Dylan. And you've been great. See you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you.